today. Xander speaks. JT reflects a leaderboard for the women after round one of the Olympics. And in just a minute, a special guest reflecting on the game and more. It's all ahead on the fairways of life. We are worldwide digital radio and on television. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world. The fairways of life show on air, online and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Round one is in the books for the women's side of the Olympics uh, in Tokyo. Madeline Sagstrom leading the way at five under par after opening with a round of 66. Second place shared by two, Nelly Korda with a four under 67 for world number one. Aditya Shock is four under as well. Three under to three players, Kastrin, Youngko, and Saganda all on that mark. And then a massive group at two under par. Inby Park is amongst that group. Azahara Munoz there as well. So too, Daniel Kang on two under par. As the program progresses today, we'll go a little bit deeper into these scores. We'll remind everybody how, when, and where you can get your golf, not only in terms of the Olympics and the women coming up in the days that lie ahead, but also on the PGA Tours. We're sitting on the eve of two events on the PGA Tour this week, plus the Corn Ferry Tour, the European Tour, the U.S. Women's Open. There is a ton of golf lies in the offing. And one of those, as I mentioned, the PGA Tour is a World Golf Championship event. But first, today, super pumped up for this. I can't tell you how excited we are about welcoming our next guest. Guess you are familiar, no doubt, with Nota Begay. We've all watched him blossom as a broadcaster and an analyst on NBC and Golf Channel dating back to 2013. But his accolades as a professional golfer were stout too. He played in 217 PGA Tour events. He collected 14 top 10s. He won four times, twice in 1999, twice in the year 2000. He is also a member of the 2000 United States President's Cup team. He went three, two, and oh. He also beat Retifius and one up in the singles. Distinctively, he was the first full-blooded Native American to play on the PGA Tour, but with all of that, by far the most impressive thing about what Nota Begay has done has been without a club in hand. The way he is touching lives, the NB3 Foundation, the NB3 Junior Golf Tour, the Nota Begay Junior Golf National Championship, his latest partnership with PointsBet, which I want to talk about in just a little bit with him, uh, and on and on. His charitable efforts, the time he spends with juniors, it is incredible. Nota is truly having an impact on youth everywhere, and in particular, Native American youth, junior golfers, and the lives of so many others, as mentioned. He's literally setting the bar for what a professional golfer can do with the platform that they possess. Uh, I hope you're paying attention because uh, what this man has to say can and is changing the lives of young people, and that will change the world. Fitting that we're speaking to him uh, this week as the eyes of the world itself are on the game of golf with the Olympics in Tokyo. So with that, we welcome and we say, how are you, Nota? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, Matt. Appreciate the kind words and couldn't do it by myself. Got so many people like yourself that are advocating for all the right things in the game and just trying to do what I can to make an impact in the thing that's given me so much, which is, which is the world of golf. Well, I'm looking forward to getting into some of those impacts in just a moment. I want to back up and ask you about the Olympics to start just because 
that impact is something that I thought we could reflect on right now. Here we are halfway through, just a little past halfway through. First, the men's concluded. Now the ladies one round in underway. What are your observations about golf in the Olympics in the year 2020 for the Tokyo Games of, of 2021? Well, I think it's changed the mindset of a couple key players. I mean, Roy McIlroy headed in was, you know, maybe not um, 100% motivated to, to be there and play and, and, and be committed. And then as the, the Olympic atmosphere and the spirit of the other athletes and just sort of getting engaged in everything that was happening there and different countries winning medals, your, your fellow countrymen and women participating, winning medals, I, I think it really captivated him. And by the end of the week, he was a big fan of the Olympics and already talking about France um, in the next go round. So I think that was a very interesting turn of events. And I just believe it's, it's such a positive platform for the game of golf. It, you know, it's not the biggest tournament um, that these athletes and these golfers will play for in their careers, but that doesn't diminish the significance or the importance of it with regard to captivating a much broader audience and allowing the game to grow and be more exposed in other countries for people tuning in and kids tuning in. I was watching the Olympics last night with my daughter and um, we were watching the, the women's heptathlon and she was watching one of the, the high jumpers and, you know, within three or four minutes, she was running across the room, you know, emulating what the high jumpers were doing. And that's just kind of what can happen to these young kids. They see a sport that they've never seen. It somehow lights a fire in them and you never know in eight to 12 years, they might be competing in their own Olympics. Awesome stuff. And, and, and you could feel the excitement about it, but there also is hard data that comes back relative to the way that the Olympics are reaching into new areas of interest for the game of golf. And one of them is the way they track Google searches and they're searching junior golf and women's golf. And these are coming from countries that traditionally haven't had a massive golf base. So it truly will impact the, the growth of the game moving forward. The men's side of the game, Xander Shoffley breaks through. He wins a gold medal. We're going to be hearing from him in just a little while here in the Fairways of Life show. No, I'm curious from you, though, watching. He's been knocking on the door a lot, in fairness. But watching his ascent as a player. And now breaking through and winning a gold medal, one would think that it can only make his confidence soar and would be a stepping stone perhaps to more. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it was just a matter of time. And I know that it was it was sort of looking bleak there for a little while. I mean, he's still so young, only 18 major championship starts. And we talk about, you know, all of the different um, major championship successes that he's had in, in such a short period of time. But it, it came down to one simple fact for me. In the last three top tens that he's had in major championships, he's failed to break par in the final round. In two out of the three, um, in the 20, I think it's the 2020 U.S. Open, Bryson goes out and shoots 67 in the final round. He goes on to win. And then this just passed U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Um, John Rahm goes out in the final round and shoots, shoots 67 and goes on to win. That's what has to happen to, to win these big tournaments. What happened in the Olympics for Xander? He went out and he played an impeccable round um, without his best stuff. He went and he fought it out and um, continued to break par and make birdies 
because it was a golf course, as was displayed by Roy Sabatini's incredible round, that was going to produce low scores. And so um, he, I think it's going to be a huge boost of confidence for him. It's going to be a springboard for what I think will be hopefully a major championship here over the next couple couple years. To that point of the golf course, you mentioned that it's a golf course that is scorable, and we saw the scores coming in from what are the overnight hours for, for those of us that are on the East Coast of the United States. Uh, Madeline Sagstrom at five under par after a 66. So I'm going to cast kind of a wide net on that, aside from just the scoring, but maybe perhaps even in terms of style, Nota. What have we learned about the golf course? Well, it's not a golf course that's a, a big differentiator. It, it's It's a course that sort of um, is going to lump all the players together and it's just going to come down to who can make the putts uh, on the greens and then who can avoid um, making mistakes. Uh, You just, you you see that, you know, you know, when Rory goes out and shoots, you know, 10 under in the final round, um, that's an incredible round. um, But I I don't think it was a golf course that really challenged um, players from tee to green, um, like like we've seen in other areas, but that being the case, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, everybody's got to play the same venue and execute the same shots. And and you always look at what type of winner did the venue produce. It produced one of the highest ranked players in the field holding the gold medal at the end. And I think that in and of itself, um, to me, reflects on a venue that did, did its job in identifying uh, the appropriate champion. Uh, to that point, then, when we look at it from the women's side of the game, here we have Nelly Corda only one shot off the lead after an opening round of 67. So it kind of speaks to the fact that this is, at least from what we're seeing, and it's early to read anything into the women's tournament because we're only one round in, but at least we can see a real balance on this leaderboard. Their ball striking is prominent in terms of those at the top, but but other than that, there really isn't any particular keys that I can see in terms of what you know, ones that are really strong just with putting or with driving or what have you, it's kind of an array of talents that we can see in the leaderboard after the first round with the women. No, absolutely, seeing the same trends. Um, bo- bogey avoidance is going to be key, uh, similar to what we see in in a John Deere Classic there in Moline, is the fact that the scores are going to be low. It's just how many you know how many birdies can you make, and then you need to avoid making a lot of bogeys if you, and you look at the number of bogeys that the players um in in the you know the three podium positions in the men's side you know they they avoided making a lot of bogeys and that was the one thing that worked against patrick reed he was one of the leaders for the week in bogeys he made a lot of birdies but he just made too many bogeys and that's you know one thing that can deter your momentum it can obviously and it does uh, hurt your scoring so um the you know, the, the setup, the softness of the, the greens, just because they've had a lot of uh, moisture over the last couple of weeks, again, um, makes it a little bit easier for players to sort of hit greens from the rough. Uh, Matsuyama goes out and hits less than 50% of his greens through three rounds, and he's, you know, a couple shots out of the lead, which just kind of tells you um, you can sort of work your way around the golf course not hitting a lot of fairways. You know, back in the day, Nota, I'm, I'm curious the comparison to today's modern tour schedule is so packed, and there are many important events, as, as evidenced by this week. So we have players coming back from Japan. 
a notably the gold medal winner in Xander Shoffley. Obviously, he was asked about his energy level. So was JT in terms of, of making the, the long journey and the competition and everything that went along with it. I'm just curious about how you dealt with it back in the day when, when you, you had a grinding schedule and you got to go do your thing. Once you got in your office, once you got between the ropes, did you find a revived energy or just have to force yourself to power through it? Yeah, you do find a sense of energy, and it's just, um, you know, how much do you have in, in the reserve tanks? I mean, those guys have have literally, you know, played or are going to play three events on three different continents, wow. um, and that that's a that takes a lot on you—the jet lag, the travel, uh, the, you know, all the intensity of, of playing golf, and so. Um, Different players adjust different ways. The one thing that I did is I just – I couldn't afford to practice very much. So you're kind of resigned to the fact that you got to show up and play with what you have because if you're out in Memphis where it's 150 degrees um, and you're out there beating balls, you're just really not going to have a lot of energy. And so, you know, I think Xander could come in off of the momentum he's he's received from the Olympic gold medal and put up a good week. I think the other guys might have a, a little tougher time. No, so over the years, you and I have discussed a lot of things, and in particular, our conversations have surrounded the amazing way that you have made life decisions to give back, to use your forum, to use your exposure, to use your experience. Uh, and I remember over the years, those conversations have included cardiovascular health, health. they have included uh, diabetes, uh, they have uh, included substance abuse. Uh, many times our conversations have surrounded uh, your, what is obviously near and dear to your heart in the Native American community as well. Uh, you, your life's example, as evidenced by when I introduced you today, the, the way that you have given back and what you have chosen to do and the way that it continues to evolve on the same platform of giving to others. I'm just curious at large as, as we start this discussion about your philosophy about responsibility and about your philosophy about how, how and why you have decided to take that as such a prominent part of who you are. I just really think it comes down to a very simple concept that, that relates directly to personal accountability. I mean, when I got arrested for DUI over 20 years ago, I had a lot of options. I had a lot of resource. I had a lot of attorneys um, trying to tell me how to avoid doing certain things and trying to use the law in my favor. And I just, I never felt that was the appropriate way to deal with something. I felt like it was my fault for what happened. I needed to take responsibility and be held accountable. And to a certain degree, I had to hold myself accountable. And even though I was young at the time, I was uh, only 26 years old, um, I knew that just sort of taking my medicine and dealing with um, whatever the legal outcome was going to be was going to be the, the best and fastest way for me to get back on my feet. And so um, hence the, you know, the one week in, um, in jail in the Bernalillo County Detention Center, I'll never forget that. Uh, and, and then, you know, moving forward and, and dealing with the shame and the fallout and all the things when I started to try and play competitive golf again on the PGA tour. But 
I had so much support from my colleagues on tour, a lot of the veterans, my friends, Tiger in particular, um, were very supportive of number one of the way I handled things, but secondly, of just trying to um, get me back into the fold of life on the tour, knowing that uh, it, it's a difficult thing to overcome when you have sort of a, a public um, and, and humiliating event like that. And so those things for me were, were huge learning experiences. And that's sort of what I try to make sure my kids understand is that everybody makes mistakes. They make bad decisions. It happens in life. It happens on the golf course every day, but we have to hold ourselves accountable and be able to sort of pick up the pieces and move forward. And there's always a way to do that. And that's the great thing about this country is there's always avenues to be able to heal and, um, and be better. And that's all I've tried to do. And so that's, that attitude is sort of leaked into my nonprofit work, you know, hold myself accountable. I think that um, I'd be very short-sighted and selfish if I stood up here and was like, well, I'm, I did all this by myself. I had no help, but um, in, in an effort to be fair and uh, accountable for my success, um, I have to obviously give credit to my coaches, give credit to a lot of people that um, were big parts of my life moving forward. And so it is only right that I give back. And golf, the platform that I've had, television gives me that opportunity to give back in the nonprofit world, into junior golf, into um, you know, being a mentor for others that are, are dealing with uh, their own personal challenges related to alcohol or drug use or any of that, because, you know, the biggest part to healing in those, in those areas is um, connecting with someone that's been through it. And, you know, thank, thanks to, to, you know, to God, I am, uh, I'm, I'm sober and my life's never been better. And it's because of those key decisions earlier uh, in my career. No, to this message of, of gratitude, this message of hope, this message of reaching out to, giving back, uh, mentoring, helping others. I am I'm interested, too, in another element of it, and, and that is, if, as I would define it, opportunity. In terms of speaking to people, whether, whether it's Native American or whether it's just junior kids that you're now exposed to because of your various projects, about the importance of recognizing opportunity, taking advantage of opportunity, and using resources for opportunity. And obviously what I'm talking about here is, is when you and I bumped into each other on the, on the fairway at, at the Open and you were telling me about the foundation, that if a young person can't afford to play, uh, you guys can help them. I mean, all of it blew me away, and I came back and said to Dom, let's get notes on as soon as possible. So I'm curious about how that ties into this overall philosophy too. Well, uh, first and foremost, I've always enjoyed working with you, Matt. I've had utmost respect for your commitment to golf, your knowledge of the game, and just how you've continued to invest your own time and energy into making things better um, in that regard. Uh, but for us, it, it's simply been, you know, what's the biggest hurdle to growing the game outside um, to, to as many people as possible? And the one thing that I told you is I don't, I don't care if you're black, white, American, Indian, Asian. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you want to play golf and you ha want to put the time and the effort into making it better. Uh, we want we want to provide that avenue to, for you. And so, you know, through our, our national junior golf series, the, the MB3 Junior Golf National Championship, you know, we have local qualifiers and regional qualifiers for kids that 
want to work their way sort of toward of like a, a USF open qualifying format to where there's a local stage and then you move past that into a regional stage and then you make the national championship, which is broadcast um, on Golf Channel. And so it, for me, provided a great, great segue to transition into something that I think is beneficial long term. And then being being in the junior golf space for the last two or three years and then really trying to identify, okay, why is the game not growing? Why are we not seeing um, more kids of a certain age? And in particular, the 13 and under girls division is probably uh, the the least, uh, has the least amount of participation. And so that's an area that we really focus on with our events. Now at the local level, which I think is really cool, there's two things that are really good about what we're doing. We never say no to a junior golfer that wants to play. Now we've had kids go out there and shoot 120 and I don't care. The fact is they're out there, they're carrying their bag for 18 holes and they're really giving their, their everything that they have when you're putting a score on your scorecard and signing it at the end of the day. That takes a lot of courage. And so we don't ever want to say no because that 12 or 13 year old that just shot 120 might be a division one college player in six years. You don't know. I mean, you don't know how it's going to, how the game's going to sort of take hold in a person. So we never say no to a player that wants to compete in our circuit. The second thing is if a player cannot afford entry fees, we've established the MB3 foundation in partnership with a group called drive for juniors and has a fund that all, all a parent needs to do is fill out a simple form and we will, if the resources are there, and they're currently there right now, we will provide entry fees for kids to play in the events that they want to um, on, on our tour and, and other tours. So uh, that is a, I'm trying to keep it simple. I'm not trying to make it a, a difficult sort of, of process, but get kids into events, provide great events. And if they can't, if they don't have the means for whatever reason, we'll help you get there. Awesome stuff. NB3foundation.org is Nota's foundation as well, if you want any information on what he's doing with that, which is even more encompassing than what we're talking about. Before we go off the subject of the junior tour, though, uh, the number you gave me that day on the golf course was incredibly impressive. How many kids have you guys touched already with this program, uh, either collectively or even in the past season? Well, in... In our very first year, which is the COVID year, and we had to decide whether or not we were going to actually move forward with it. And, you know, the picture that you're seeing there, that's our first champion um, from our event at Cushada, in, which is a tribe, tribally owned property in Louisiana. That's, that's Nick Gross there. And that guy looked like a PGA Tour player. He went out there, I think he shot like 15 under. <laughs> Um, wow. and won like seven or eight shots. It was incredible. And he's become one of the top ranked junior players in his class. And um, the runner up in our older boys division, Nick Dunlap, just won the U.S. junior boys last week um, at Country Club of North Carolina. So you know, we're, we've been able to identify some great players. And the television component for me is the component that allows young golfers that may not have sort of a, a pedigree that allows them to play in a lot of bigger events, maybe on the HAG or other, some of the national circuits, but they're able to play well, maybe have a banner day at a regional qualifier, get on television, have a great week, 
and possibly be seen by a college coach out there is appealing to a lot of the kids that sort of come through our ranks. Um, but it's, it's simply, uh, you know, providing these, these singular opportunities through our platform to uh, make golf an, an attractive activity for young kids. Cause it has, you know, you and I are here because of the, the positive benefits of the game. Absolutely. And uh, in, in speaking about positive benefits, uh, the press release from PointsBet that you are now an ambassador, uh, the, the fact that they have targeted objectives to diversify, and part of that diversification is to, it, into the Native American community. I'm curious about how all of that connected with you, how it all came together, and what it means to you. Well, the, the gaming industry has been a huge part of my life for 30, over 30 plus years. I mean, it was, you know, it was legalized in the late 80s. Um, I used to uh, watch my grandma go to bingo and stuff, and and not certainly the playing of of these particular games and the, uh, and how the industry's grown um, in my reservation communities, but more how it's been, you know it was designed to benefit um, from a financial standpoint to allow tribes to be a little bit more self sufficient to provide infrastructure and health education. Um, and, and other other key areas that are, are in dire need in some of the poorest communities in the United States. And so PointsBet um, approached me with an opportunity to sort of work in that capacity to continue to try and be a good steward of the Native American communities, but also to provide, you know, sound partners as, you know, the, the industry is going to grow. Whether you and I are, agree with it or don't agree with it, um, it's become a reality in golf. It's become a reality in the sports world. And um, my opinion on it is that um, if responsibly pursued, it's a very fun activity. And if you have good partners, it can uh, do good things in the community. So, you know, we're going to be making investments uh, on the nonprofit side into Native American organizations like the MB3 Foundation and others. But we're also going to um, try and make sure that we're great partners to um, potential tribal clients that uh, might use the platform to to utilize in their own uh, business models. So I'm I'm really excited. the The golf ambassador side is, is 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 also one component of it, but I'm really excited about you know continue to try and serve uh, more of my tribal partners in in a different capacity. That's awesome. Points bet. So we'll keep an eye out, folks, for more information on everything that they are doing relative to this and, and NOTA and as it continues to develop. Uh, I, I, w- I have one last question for you before I jump into it, NOTA. I do want to ask you about sponsors because it's kind of an opportunity for you to spread the love. Are there companies that you're associated with right now you want to tell the world about? Well, mostly just, you know, in alignment. You know, Nike Golf's always been great for us. And, you know, with our junior golf initiative, you know, Wilson, uh, Wilson Golf has been great. Golf Tech, you know, one of the things that Golf Tech's been really good about is that every kid that makes it to a regional, so there's so much technique involved with the game, but every kid that qualifies for a regional gets a free club fitting and a free swing evaluation at Golf Tech. Wow. And so I don't want technique or, or lack of understanding to hold kids back. And, you know, those are just all the little things that make a difference in a kid's development. Uh, the Junior Golf Hub um, is a wonderful partner in terms of you can go into a Junior Golf Hub and sign up, and they will put you on a program that 
has a distinctive course of action that um, produces improvement in your fitness, your mental health, your technique, um, and your scoring. So you know, those are all partners that have been you know amazing. And then obviously for those, we still have about, I think, six or seven uh, qualifying events that players can still qualify for. All they have to do is go to um, nb3jgnc.org and they can um, sign up for a qualifier in their area. And we'll hopefully see many more new faces at our national championship this fall um, at Toshati Pines in Louisiana. It's awesome, dude. Everything you're doing is, is amazing. Uh, again, admittedly, that is why we were so excited about having you on as soon as possible because of all the real cr- cool projects that you're working on. But the last question I want to ask you today, I mean, you spoke to a lot of this already, uh, but, but just to kind of focus it into one question as we part, if there are those out there, and, and you know I have a belief that through whatever forum that it's going out around the world, somewhere, somehow, someone is going to connect with a message that they need at the time that they really needed it. So whether it's a message for someone who might be struggling with something in their life, or if it's a message for someone that has a hope or a dream that they're harboring in their heart, what would you say to that individual? I just would say that it's, it's, it's important to connect with somebody that um, has been through it and um, can provide you some guidance and some inspiration to um, work through whatever challenges you're facing um, in that particular point in your life. And then secondly, if it's about something with regard to an opportunity, you know, find like-minded people that are interested in the things that you want to um, pursue. You know, I think it's important in junior golf that these young kids have friends that play. The kids that stay in golf have friends that play golf. It's very rare that, you know, a kid goes out there and they're constantly out there by themselves. It happens. Um, but in those cases, the parents are usually playing a big role. I think the healthiest situations are when kids are out there with their buddies and they're having fun, learning the game, and it becomes a very um, positive part of their life, which is that's the thing that they carry forward with them um, for for the rest of their life, which is the big benefit, in my opinion, of the game. Nota Begay the third, the game of golf is better for you being a part of it. Thank you for all your time today. No, I had a great time. Thank you. Great seeing you again. Likewise. All right, folks, uh, Bridgestone Golf wants to make sure that you are playing the right golf ball for you. Uh, I know that Golf balls are a funny thing. People find them under a tree, in a bush, in the deep grass, in the water, and immediately put them into play. I doubt you would do that with any other random club that you might find in similar situations. Uh, So Bridgestone Golf wants to make sure that the one piece of your equipment that you're using, uh, hopefully on every swing, is right for you. And you can be sure of the same just by logging on to BridgestoneGolf.com and getting yourself the fit. Maybe it's a new E12. Uh, maybe it's their Tour B series with their revolutionary reactive urethane cover, anything in their product line, just to be sure that it is, in fact, the ball that you should be playing. So get VFit at BridgestoneGolf.com. And don't forget, all Bridgestone Golf products are available at the PGA Tour Superstore and wherever fine golf products are sold. In fact, at the PGA Tour Superstore, pretty much whatever you're looking for in the game of golf, you can find there. You can also find it on their website, PGATourSuperstore.com. It's a great place to get started, but I think the experience of going into any of their nearly 50 beautiful and massive stores spread out across the continent is an experience to take in as well. It's a really cool 
destination. So check them out at pjtoursuperstore.com. Speaking of destinations, our Boeing golf trip, I guess, Dom, I don't know what I would credit it to. Maybe it was because we were honest with everybody and said we have to, we have to close down the room count at the end of this week so that the resort knows what they're dealing with for food and all the rest because it's golf is exploding at, at Boeing Golf, which is great for them. Uh, but we got a lot of interest, so I'm delighted to see how excited everybody is. Oh, yeah, they're very excited. I'm, I'm still getting emails almost every day now, uh, last week or so, of people who are trying to figure it out, trying to plan it out. They want to come. Um, one of the things that's really unique this, this time around is I, I'm not sure exactly w- what the breakdown is. I think it's more than half of the folks that are currently coming on the trip are bringing yeah. their spouse. Yep. And most of the spouses coming are not playing golf, probably including my spouse. <laughs> so it speaks volumes to how special of a property, well, there's multiple properties, how special uh, Boeing Golf is and what they have to offer because there's an incredible amount of stuff uh, that you can do there that has nothing to do with golf. And I will probably end up getting dragged away from our golf to do <laughs> a bunch of this stuff. Uh, but that's the way it goes. So it's very exciting. I mean, Andrew was showing some, uh, some drone footage if you were watching on the TV side. And uh, you just go to fairwaysoflife.com, you know, slash Boeing 2021. That has all the details if you're interested. Look at you that. can uh, Look read at about that. how many rounds of golf. There's even optional rounds of golf. Matt, there are 10 golf courses, as you know. That's insane. I, I, my original idea was I wonder if I can play all 10 when I'm there for whatever it is, four or five days. But I'm not sure that it's physically humanly possible to do it but that's not going to keep me from trying that <laughs> well i wish you the best of luck with that given the fact that rebecca's with you on this trip uh, i'm bringing donna up there too and, and as don was saying it, it's kind of an evolution of a lot of our our we, we still call them listeners trips even though we're tv now too donna says we should call them fan trips i suppose but it's kind of an evolution in that more and more of our trips are these mixed groups where we have males and females a part of it. And a lot of the spouses that go, whether they're male or female, as Dom noted, might not be golfers at all. It's just, we're going to these wonderful places where you can do everything else. And we have these great dinners and the dinners are important to us. And the culinary choices are really important to us and where you have them and what you're looking at and views like you're seeing on the television side right now with, with that massive inland sea that that fronts the golf course. And that's the property that we're going to be staying at, what you're looking at right there, uh, where the Bay Harbor is is located. And and some in the cottages and some in, they have all different levels of accommodations, whatever you want, whatever level that you want to take it to. Uh, It's just incredible. And I'm getting a chill up my spine watching this video as the drone continues to pull out and show more and more of this dramatic footage. It is so amazing. So, yeah, thank you to everybody that, that's expressed an interest. We're excited about having the opportunity to hang out with you guys, and we're going to do it very safely. You know, obviously, golf is, is central to it. All of these wonderful outdoor activities are central to it. Uh, so we're going to be as, as, as safe as we possibly can be there. We're even talking about having dinners out on verandas and things like that. So we're going to do everything we can to get to a point where we can just hang out and chill out together. You know, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to that they make a big deal about is they have a huge fire pit right outside of the hotel and on the water. So at night, everybody sits around this fire pit and they do the s'mores and and the whole deal. It's just really cool and really fun. And the, I don't even is know how to explain to you. Uh, yeah, that that's right. By where we're talking about the fire pit. 
yeah, the right where the fire pit is. Because I have is. not been. For those watching and listening, I actually have not been to Boyne yet. So I'm coming with you guys for the first time. Yeah. I'm very excited. It is. And it's, and it's, it's really cool, just as an aside, because you triggered some other thought in my mind, uh, which is the danger dump, that when, when people are, are, it's a are starting. Danger. A constant <laughs> danger. When, when people are starting to think about where they want to go that's different, and for them new, in Dom's case, new, for example, more and more people are realizing the choices and diversity of golf in Michigan. It's incredible. And when you talk about Boeing golf, and then all of a sudden you go to somebody, yeah, we're going to Boeing golf. And they're like, well, what do they got up there? Ten different golf courses. Ten different golf courses. Think about that for a second. And not one of them, when I say different, I underscore it, because not one of them replicates the other. They all have their own feeling, their own personality, their own theme. I mean, their Donald Ross Memorial Golf Course is one of the most unique I've ever seen anywhere in the world. They went out and picked out what they thought were the 18 best Donald Ross golf courses anywhere, and they took a jet, a private jet, from one to the other to check them out. And, of course, when they would go to these different facilities, the facilities were so honored that somebody would think about replicating one of their holes that they gave them all of the original designs to work with from Donald Ross. So you've got the original designs, you got modern technology, they sought out similar uh, topography, and then they could also move the land with with the modern equipment to accommodate. And all of that brought together holes that, and I mean this respectfully, the Donald Ross holes on that course, in some cases, are more to the original design of Donald Ross than the current existing original hole. Think about that for a second. It is incredible. It's going to be an incredible experience. But yeah, to what Don was saying, the, the area where the big fire pit is and where the cottages are and where we're going to have our big barbecue, our first big meal together, we wanted to, we, we were planning, even when COVID had dipped, like what was that in May? And it looked like everyone was like, okay, we're done with this. Uh, let's move on. We still were going to have that event outside because we wanted it to feel like a, a, like a reunion, like a bunch of friends getting back together, which exactly what it is. So yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. You can find all the details at fairwaysoflife.com slash Boyne 2021. And for those of you on the radio side that may not know how to spell it, it's B-O-Y-N-E, fairwaysoflife.com slash Boyne 2021 for all the details. You got a few more days to jump in if you want to, and we cannot wait to spend time and just hang out with all of our friends at Boyne Golf and all that lies in store. What lies in store in the Fairways of Life show, though, is that we're going to hear from Xander Shoffley, the gold medalist, and Justin Thomas reflecting on what was after these words. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. 
and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior product. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, Gil Hansen's Black Horse, secluded by thousands of acres. The greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com. It's America's summer golf capital, and we want you to join us there. Hey, Matt Adams from the Fairways of Life show. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Boyne 2021 to be in this golfing paradise. Look at this. This is the Arthur Hills Lynx course, and it's amongst those that we will be playing. We're going to be taking advantage of the luxury accommodations at Boyne Golf. We also are going to be taking advantage of great meals and everything else there is to do at this place where there is everything to do. Join us at Boyne in September. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday. Madeline Sagstrom leading the way after a five under par 66 in round one of the women's side of golf in the Olympics. Uh, Aditi Ashok and Nelly Cora both with four under par 67s lurking just one shot behind. Actually, the leaderboard is really packed in uh, very much so 
had full of stars, and there's stars throughout the 60-player field. It, remember, it's 72 holes, and it's no cut, uh, just like for the men's side of the game. Now, on the men's side of the game, both Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley obviously were part of the competition. You know the latter because he came home with a gold medal, uh, and it was an incredible performance at that. For, for JT, it never really kind of clicked for him during the course of the week. And when he addressed the, the media at the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational, he was asked about a number of different things, reaction to the news that the, that, that event that he's at t- this week will kick off the playoffs starting in the new series, uh, whether it's more difficult to, to keep up his passion now that all the majors are over earlier in the year, the fact that they wrap up in July with the four men's majors, even though we've got the playoffs coming up, even though we've got the Ryder Cup coming up, I have, I have a feeling that on that point he's going to say the motivation is still very much there. But he was also asked about what it was like playing and representing your country uh, as an individual on an Olympic team versus, say, playing for a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup. Uh, he was asked again about what his experience was like when he went to the gymnasium at the Olympic Village. Remember, he put the thing out there that said he doubted anybody was touching the 20-pound the uh, free weights that he was using when he was doing the dumbbells. Uh, and he was also asked to start about, again, for this week's FedEx St. Jude uh, Invitational, what his thoughts were about being back in the golf course. Yeah, it's a great track. It's <clears throat> it's all right in front of you. You know, it's I think it's it's one of those places. Um, it it kind of stands over time. You know, it's not a place that's going to change much each year. You just kind of you really could play nine holes if you wanted as a practice round, but just kind of check it out and see what the what the firmness or softness is like, and if there's much rough. Um, and then really from there, it's just uh, it's just about going out and and hitting the shots and um, and you know taking advantage of some opportunities when you get them. It's it's a great place. I'm glad that. You know, we'll have fans back this year. Last year was a little weird with uh, with not having anybody. So I'm excited to um, to hopefully, you know, defend my title and play well with them here. Yeah, it's hard to compare them because of the whole team and individual aspect. It's very, very different in that sense. I mean, you know, no offense to, to Xander, Colin, and Patrick, but, I, I mean, I wasn't rooting for them as hard as I, you know, would be in a team event. You know, I obviously if I can't play well, you know, like I didn't, I was, I was glad to see Xander win win the gold and Colin obviously almost got a medal as well so that you know that's great for our country and great um and just great for golf and U.S. golf but you know it's a lot easier to pull for the guys you know when they're physically on your or literally on your team uh as opposed to just wearing the same uniform and same colors but somehow on your own individual team it's kind of hard to explain in, in, in in an odd thing but um it's it was an unbelievable experience I mean it was about as I hate to say as poor of an experience as it could be due to everything going on with the protocols and, and the travel and, um, and not being able to see other events and everything like that. And it was still something, um, that I would, I would go back tomorrow if I could. Yeah, they were, uh, I'm in a house with Xander and, and Jordan and his wife this week and, and they were asking Xander and I questions and, and I Xander didn't get a chance to go to the village and I did a couple times to work out and they were, pretty much poking fun how uh you know i'm looking around and everyone's lifting all this weight and i'm just you know kind of taking my bands and probably doing a bunch of uh stuff that you know doesn't really require a lot of uh muscular strength but you know it's all golf functional type things but it it was impressive i mean it was an absolutely massive compound so um you pretty much only kind of see the section that you're in but 
I mean, just some of the things I saw from both, you know, male and female, just it's, it's super human-like. It's, it's freak of nature type stuff. And in terms of the weight that's being lifted and, and the mobility and the flexibility, um, you know, but at the same time, I'm sure they would come out here and try to hit a golf ball or do golf-related things, and they would find it as difficult as we find their specific sport. So I think that's what makes the Olympics and other sports as unique as it, as it does. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in a house with Xander, and I've I I checked the medal out. I mean, as soon as I saw him, I, I wanted to see it. I mean, I saw it um, with Rosie, however many years ago. We were, you know, we're both represented by Mark Steinberg, so he we had a big thing one night, I think, during a major, and and Rosie brought the medal over, so I saw it then. But um, you know, being a little closer with Xander, and obviously in a house with him this week, I. I felt a little more comfortable, you know, taking it from him or being like, hey, let me see that kind of thing. And uh, it's really cool. I mean, I, I said, obviously, I'm very jealous of anybody who's ever won any other major or other tournaments that I haven't. But that might have been like the most jealous of someone I've been. I mean, that that gold medal is, is just so sick and it, it is so cool. It's so unique. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like I said, I, I would love to win the other three majors and and I'd love to win and a gold medal at some point, but it was uh, it was pretty awesome holding and seeing that thing, and it was extremely it is extremely heavy. But uh, this morning it, I I slept till my alarm at six thirty. I I would have loved to sleep as late as I wanted, but I I knew just doing this before that the sooner you get your body clock uh, adjusted to where you are, the better. So I, I mean I. I got in bed at 8:30 last night, and I and I woke up at like 11:30 or 11:45 with all my lights on, so I didn't even make it long enough to turn my lights off. Um, so I was clearly exhausted, and um, and then yeah, I, I woke up like one point in the middle of the night, was awake for probably 10 minutes, but I I uh, I wasn't too pleased when my alarm went off at 6:30 this morning. But uh, it was all right once I got moving, but I'm starting to uh, to drag a little bit right now. Yeah, obviously, I'm very excited. I mean, having success at this golf course, and I think a lot of people, as much as they like it, they're also very excited. Um, I mean, Memphis is. A, the, it seems like they get a pretty, you know, pretty good showing here in terms of some fans coming out. And I mean, FedEx is is clearly done so much for the PGA Tour, both with the playoffs and this event. So it, it seemed very fitting to be able to have this event involved in the playoffs and and start the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, you know, with the with the ending with the tour championship. So I, I think it's a great, great move. You know, I'd heard about it through the pack a, a little bit and uh, was glad to see it seems like the positive, um, uh, the positive, I guess, talk uh, that it's gotten since it came out. Uh, not for me. I mean, it definitely is harder to look at the year as a whole knowing that I played so poorly uh, in the majors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a huge huge part of my season and um you know even if I win these last four events it it won't be a great season to me because I didn't you know I didn't win a major so you know it'll be a really really good season but um you know it's hard to be great if you don't win a major so I I understand what you're saying but no I I don't have any I don't have a hard time I mean getting myself ready for this event or, or getting myself up for the playoffs and in the tour championship I mean it's uh anytime you have a chance to add your name to history, um, that's, that's good enough for me. Opportunity that we have to hear uh, uh, Justin Thomas speak, because I think the more that we hear from him, the more and the easier it is to be a fan of Justin Thomas. Uh, I just think that the, 
you know, when he gets into his competitive mode, it reminds me of uh, like Gary Woodland, for example. The, the person that you think someone is when they're competing on the golf course versus the person who they really are can be influenced by the way they physically carry themselves in the field of battle. And if, you know, if you in the early days, I remember watching Gary Woodland, I was like, wow, he seems like a big, tough, mean guy, right? And, and uh, Justin Thomas is the same way, just with his facial expressions on the golf course and all the rest. And, and you look at it and you're like, wow, you know, what kind of person would it be to hang out? Having met both of them, knowing both of them, they're really good dudes. They're really good guy, good human beings. And they smile and they have fun. And, and, and I mean, even this week, and, I, and it was, I was thinking about it as he was talking about it because I thought it was so cool that, you know, he's sharing a house with Xander and Jordan and the gold medal is there and all the rest. And then uh, Xander and JT and Justin Rose, yeah, Justin Rose who won the last gold medal. There's only been two that have won gold medals in the Olympics in the last century plus plus. And they're in the same group this week, which I just think is incredibly cool. They're teeing off at 11.54 uh, a.m. on Thursday. We'll, we'll go through air times and all that as, as the hours progress. Don't worry about that. But I just thought it was really neat. And I thought it was really neat that they're all staying in a house together. Right? Obviously, they don't have to. These guys are all multimillionaires. They can do whatever they want. But they're choosing to for the camaraderie, for hanging out together, for, for sharing the company. I just think it's, it's really neat. Uh, PXG's Gen 4 golf clubs are the most advanced, best-performing clubs that we've ever made. Packed with new innovations like the aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology, and more. Gen 4 irons, drivers, fairways, and hybrids deliver incredible ball speed, distance control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Okay, to that point, what of the gold medalists? Now, you know, the, the thing I'm really curious about is how is he feeling? Uh, the way that, that Nota put it earlier in the show, how much does he have left in the tank? It, after winning a gold medal and being right back at it again, it's a big event. It's a World Golf Championship event. Uh, all of it. And so when, as you would expect, Xander addressed the media, the questions really surrounded what his experience at the Olympic Games and now being a gold medalist were like and is like right now. Yeah, a few nights to sleep on it, um, or a couple nights, I should say, to sleep on it. Different time zone, different different part of the world. Uh, still really excited. Um, just an overwhelming amount of positivity, you know, coming my way, and uh, just obviously in a really good mood. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing for me is going to be able to sort of hone in and, and focus on the task at hand this week. Uh, you know, what was done last week is done, and um, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, I think, uh, but... You know, besides that, you know, I need to sort of get get back on this time zone, really, really start to focus more, lock lock back in, and and try and play well this week. And fortunately, I'm not coming to a new property, uh, one that I've played a few times and had you know minimal success on. But you know, I think I'm obviously in, in decent form uh, coming overseas. So uh, looking forward to the week. You know, in all honesty, there there was part of me that was that was contemplating going. Uh, I joked with my wife about that, you know, right when I called her, she was like, can you imagine that there's a little piece of you that, you know, almost didn't show up to Tokyo? And um, we had a nice laugh about that. But with everything uh, playing out there with COVID and everything, obviously, it's, it's been strange and difficult for everyone. And 
Um, you know, I decided not to stay in the village, uh, which was about an hour and 20 minutes away. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to visit the village e either, which I'm a little bit bummed about. Um, uh, but overall, you know, I think it was going into it, I, I sort of corrected my mindset on the whole matter and really just focused on this four-day golf tournament. Um, and then being able to take the podium afterwards really made me understand and realize sort of how special it actually is. Uh being there on the podium, winning any medal, honestly, the flags being raised, playing your national anthem. Um, it really was, was something spectacular and, and honestly nothing like it. A little bit. I think I'm starting to sort of grasp how big it is um, just in, in some responses, you know. I mean, uh, it's not, you know, I was fortunate enough to sort of see my grandparents before I left in the hotel uh, uh, in Narita. You know, we sort of bypassed the the don't leave the bubble. And, you know, my buddy got them a hotel room right next to mine. So I was like, Hey, what are you guys doing here? So, you know, it, it's pretty hard to impress someone that's almost 90 years old. And that's been on this planet for a long time. You know, they've seen a lot of things and to see my grandpa and my grandma's reaction when I, you know, pulled out this gold medal, um, sort of, it, it really was surprising. It shocked me. And it was just so cool because they've never seen it before. And it was so new and it was so fresh to them. And, you know, I think that sort of just, that's kind of the reaction and, and something that, uh, you know, I'd want everyone, you know, my kids or my kids' kids down the down the generational line to sort of have. And it's a really cool piece to have in the family. You know, I always, uh, diving is always a really uh, interesting thing to me. Uh, JT and I were watching it yesterday uh, while we are doing laundry. It's, um, it's just... Uh, Anything that we watch that we just feel like we have zero chance of doing is something that's really impressive. And there's, I mean, of course, if you look at all of the sports that occur in, in the Olympics, all the extreme athletes, it's sort of, um, you know, he was joking about going to, to work out at the, at the village there. And, you know, he was like, oh, I'll just hide in this corner over here and just kind of do my thing. You know, there, there's we play golf, which is obviously really hard and it's a mental game. But if you look at sort of how these people physically transform themselves to sort of perform these, these crazy things. Um, it really is impressive. So, I mean, I think, any, like, honestly, anything coming down the line is super interesting. I mean, I, I caught myself watching ping pong with my jaw on the floor for, you know, an hour because I love playing ping pong, and I'm like, holy smokes, like, this is what it's like. You know, I, I don't know if I can score a point on someone. Um, and so, and then for me, I think if you put the medal and, and medal money, everything aside that comes with sort of winning, I think the big point for me in my career is, is that I won with a lead. And, uh, that's sort of what I'm going to take with myself moving forward is that I, I, yes, I can do this and yes, I have done it. And so, um, it's, it's definitely repeatable and, um, sort of, uh, a little bit more freed up than prior. I mean, first and foremost, I, you know, I'm trying my best to qualify, outright just to make it easy on myself um you never sort of want to be left up to a pick you know you get speed playing really well a bunch of guys are sort of creeping up on me everyone ahead of me has won a major championship and you know i'm just hanging on for dear life in the last position um but yeah i mean uh i'm trying to think of your your first two questions there uh growing up uh you know the dream was always just to get on the pj tour and of course you know major championships and, and rider cups are, are things that you sort of think about later on. You just need to get on tour first, which is so difficult to do. And, um, you know, in all, in all honesty, you know, things are still for me moving quick and moving fast, you know, uh, maybe I didn't give myself enough credit, but things are definitely moving quickly. And I do plan on playing on this rider cup and I, and I have watched it growing up and you can kind of see 
uh, I got a little taste of it at the Olympics. Um, being on a team, obviously we're competing individually, but in practice, you know, Patrick wasn't there in time to sort of join us, but I played a practice run every day with Justin and Colin, and that was sort of, you know, our pod that we practiced in, and um, it's just a different feel when you're on a team and you're represent, representing your country. You're, you're there with one goal in mind, which is to win, and uh, we're always trying to, you know, beat each other's heads in each week, and all of a sudden we're kind of sharing some knowledge with each other, like how to hit a certain shot or, you know, you know boost, pumping each other up um, versus – and not that we knock each other down, but we're always just trying to beat each other each and every week. So it's a very different dynamic that I think all of us do enjoy that we get to do for a week. You, you know, I finished up my round – I got drug tested right after um, anti-doping. You know, they had to make sure it was legit. Um, and then, uh, uh, what did we do? It was uh, a little bit of media. Um, I, you know, I, I knew I was going to see my grandparents, so I had an opportunity to do media in Japan, or kind of have this opportunity to do it here with you guys today. And obviously, I can't pass up and to see my grandparents since I'm, you know, I don't know how many more times I'm able to see them. And um, so we took a, a, a van ride. Um, we had a few drinks, a toast, a celebration in the clubhouse with sort of all the, the committee members there uh, with the Olympics. And then we got in a, a van ride straight to the Hilton in Narita, where actually we stayed for the Zozo. So that was a familiar hotel. And, and that's where I met up and, and kind of had a little room in-room dining with uh, my grandparents and then some breakfast with them as well. And then we ended up getting on a plane um, the following morning with, all, with everyone basically in this field now uh, coming over from the Olympics. So it was kind of a didn't get much sleep obviously just really a really a, a, a nice moment that I was able to share there with with family and my you know my direct team that I had there with me in Japan and um, had a little small celebration with a bunch of the caddies on the plane um, it was it was one of the guys birthdays so we had plenty of reasons to sort of cheers and drink yeah I'm good I mean I, I think a lot of a lot of what I did sort of in, in recovery last week was to make sure I was fresh for this week I mean I'm going to be as fresh as I can be. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can this week to sleep enough, to eat right, to make sure my mind is okay. Um, but I think playing really well and obviously having a gold medal is just feeding to my energy. Um, one, I'm really excited to get back home to the West Coast. But two, you know, I, I want to. It's a, you want to win each and every week. And um, now that I finally got this taste of winning and, and being able to win from from up front, you know, I just want to. That's why I think all of us compete. It's just sort of that's the rush we really chase and it does feel good and it's really rewarding to pull off and you know I'm, I'm ready to get back to work absolutely one of the best things for me about the game of golf is that we have another event that we're able to take in and we're able to enjoy that has deep deep meaning the fact that uh, golf is in the olympics and i hope it continues it will be in the next one after that where i guess we're going to find out the end of this year whether it will be in los angeles and i don't know i guess just because it's los angeles i really hope uh, on top of the fact that i just think it should be there i really hope in particular it's in the los angeles games because it's in the in the usa and dom's in my headset going i wonder if it will help our our Ryder cup efforts it's not really a match play scenario there's a lot of people that have said and continue to say that they, they'd like to see more of a team format uh, and and like to see more of a kind of cutthroat competition in terms of it being a 72-hole. Well, talking more about the chemistry aspect. Right. Well, a 72-hole no-cut tournament, though, what they're saying is, you know, obviously they put that in there. I, would, I shouldn't say obviously. My theory is that they put that in there, the powers that be, because they knew over 72 holes it is more likely than not that the cream is going to rise to the top. 
and that's going to help with the popularity. That's going to help with the ratings. Going to, that's going to help with all of those uh, the commercial side of, of things. But I like the idea of, of looking at some different ideas in terms of formats. Not that there's anything wrong with what they're doing. We've, we've had two great competitions on the men's side of the game. One great competition included on the women's side of the game. The women are now one round into their competition at this Olympics. Madeline Sagstrom's leading the way by one. She's five under after an opening round of 66. She has a one-shot lead over two at four under par in a shock. And Nelly Corda, uh, both who shot rounds of 67. Really impressive. All right, so I want to give you some air times so you'll know when and where you can find your golf because some of it is actually going to kick off before we're with you again tomorrow. First of all, the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Classic kicks off Thursday and Friday on Golf Channel at noon Eastern time. All the times I'm going to give you are uh, noon Eastern time. Saturday and Sunday, it's split between us and CBS. So it starts at noon on Golf Channel and at 2 p.m. on CBS. Uh, And that's both Saturday and on Sunday. Here's what I was saying in terms of people going on the air before we're even on the air tomorrow, and that is PGA Tour Live. Featured group coverage will kick off, and you saw the featured group uh, slate. If you're with us on the television side, Andrew was running it during Xander's uh, comments. 7.45 a.m. for featured groups on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 7.45 a.m. Eastern time will be when that gets started. A PGA Tour radio can be heard at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday it will be at 1 p.m. Eastern time each of those two days. PGA Tour radio can be heard on the PGA Tour app. It can be heard on pgatour.com, or if you subscribe to Satellite Service Sirius XM in North America. On the LPGA Tour, the Olympics coverage will be back on the air tonight for round two, at 6.30 p.m. and on Thursday and Friday, same time, 6.30 p.m. and then going well into uh, the overnight hours. 3 a.m. Is the, is the scheduled close of the broadcast window, but obviously on Friday into Saturday, it's going to be whatever it takes because we don't know if there's going to be more playoffs, which would be awesome if that happens. The Barracuda Championship, the second event, the alternate field event on the PGA Tour uh, will be on the air tomorrow and Friday at 10 a.m. on Golf Channel. And then Saturday and Sunday will be at 6 p.m. each of those two days, just to give you a quick roundup of what's going on with all the golf. Now, in terms of tomorrow, we've got some huge names that are going to be joining us, which I'm going to share with you in just one second. I'm going to remind everybody first to log on to touredge.com, check out their new 721 line. There is an E version, there is a C version, E being for extreme forgiveness, uh, C being for competitive. It features, the drivers are incredible, features that Ridgeback technology, the carbon wings, the diamond face. Uh, When you get an opportunity, do check it out because you do deserve the very best. You do deserve to be custom fit and you don't have to remortgage the house in order to get all of that done. And then you have the assurance of a lifetime warranty. Uh, Touredge.com for more information on that. So tomorrow, you heard me talking about Gary Woodland. He is addressing the media at the Barracuda, and you'll hear from him on the Fairways of Life show tomorrow. Also, we're going to hear from Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa. You're going to hear from Jordan Spieth, and you're going to hear from Brooks Kepka. So we have a ton still to go through. Plus, I cannot wait to share with you more of the results from the second round of the Women's Olympic Golf competition. So to all of you, have a great Wednesday. Thank you to Nota Begay for joining us. And thank you to Dom and Andrew and John and Wes and everybody behind the scenes that puts all the logistics together. Uh, We appreciate it. And thanks for all your kind comments on social media with our new 
a golf in 120 that we're doing where we whip you through everything in the game in two minutes or less. Uh, it's a bit of a challenge, but we're going to continue to do that and have some fun with it as well. So until we are together again, please be careful, please be well, and goodbye for now. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw, sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today.